Hey, we're <laughs> here again. Thank you guys for listening to Aitu Podcast. This is Jessica. This is Elsa. We have a silent special guest, just so you know. <laughs> somebody in the room. <laughs> I feel like it's like a monitor, like a, like teachers. They monitor classrooms. We're doing the star test. Yeah. Um. So this week we're talking about our careers and how we got into our respective fields. Um, and of course, our movie, movie moments, our fashion fix, and our have to versus get to. So join us. Follow along. So even though we're in the age of the side hustle, we're going to talk about our main hustles. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... How, How'd you get started? When when did you think, like, I'm going to go into fashion. I want to own my own shop. I'm a hustler, babe. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, probably, it's always been something that's in the back of, that was in the back of my mind ever since I graduated college and kind of moved forward to different. But wait, what was your degree in? Fresh merchandising. So you wanted to be in fashion from the get. Mm-hmm. Okay. When did you know that? Like, when did you say? When I was in college in a typography class, um, which is the study of fonts, <laughs> as I push up my non-existent glasses, the science of fonts. When I was in my typography class, one we had uh, somebody come and talk about it, being a graphic designer, and they said if you don't want to work sixty to seventy hours a week, maybe this career is not for you. And I thought to myself, You're like, nah. oh my god, I said, <laughs> I said, nah, fam, <laughs> I'm good. I thought to myself, oh my god, one day I do want to have like a family. How am I going to be able to do that all? Yeah. Look at me now. <laughs> Working even more than that. <laughs> Jokes on me. Yeah. So um, at that point, I switched from communication design, which is graphic design, mm-hmm. as my major, to fashion merchandising. Well, how far along were you in your degree? In my sophomore year. How? Funny. Why? I went to UTSA for biology. Uh huh. And I started taking classes, and they were all super early. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Um, and it was also just me kind of. I had already started writing and being in like journalism at the last bit of my senior year. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Um. So kind of, I don't know, I switched too. (laughs) I was like, I could do biology and like hate my life or, and I don't know if I would, I would hate it. It just wasn't driving me then. Uh I kind of needed to see like what the hell else. So you followed your passion. Yeah. Which is brave because not everybody does that. You don't necessarily, I mean like there's people out here that have degrees and don't really get to participate in the stuff that they originally wanted to do. I mean, it was a it was a gamble. It's still a gamble, I think. I don't know. I mean, at least like so let's go back to you for a second. Like you get your degree in fashion merchandising mm-hmm. and then what? And then I went to Chicago for a store manager position and I realized, you know what? Maybe I don't belong in Chicago and I came back. Um, what store was it? Stephen Berry's. Mm. Did you ever go? No. It was kind of like an old navy, but with a 
des- capsule designer twist. I love that. So it was before Kohl's even started doing capsule collections. Yeah. So they had... I've never told you my SJP story. Like, like the, the SJP? No. No? Jessica. Okay, wait. Stephen Barry's a shoe store. Stephen Barry's was originally um, sportswear, like college sportswear. So they were known for like their big old wall of t-shirts. Okay. And so everything from... Uh, basketball teams, collegiate teams. But she did do, like, a line with them, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she did. So, SJP did a line with them. Ameri- uh, and for Amanda's- those that aren't, you know, in the know, she's talking about the Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> the one and only. Um, so, SJP had a collection with them. Amanda Bynes, before she went a little off the rails. She's back on them, though. She That's is, what yeah, counts. I know. And she's actually a really super And she's sweet. at, like, IFT. Uh-huh. Or I don't want to name drop or seem, like, muy muy, but <laughs> her family is super sweet. And Aww. I think her brother lives in Austin. Anywho, um, uh, God, there was a basketball player that I'm can't, I'm blanking on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that basketball player because I can't yeah. remember. A golfer. Anyways, my last week, when I already knew that I was going to be leaving Chicago, then, of course, they announced that SJP was going on tour, like a little autograph yeah. tour for her for her collection. And she was stopping in Chicago. So I, after I picked myself up, up, up off the floor, I can't even talk about Good it job. right now. I know. Yeah. Um, I extended my stay in Chicago for a couple weeks so that way I could stay there to help out the store that was obviously. Uh, be- <laughs> I was in charge of. Are you ready for this? No. I popped her popcorn. <gasps> okay. Can you just even imagine the nervous wreck that twenty-two? First year of all, Elsa- I love popcorn, so that's great that I have that in common with her. <laughs> What is her popcorn like? It was just regular, lightly salted butter, I believe. But get this. Nervous wreck. There was only one bag of popcorn that they had on the rider. So I had one chance not to mess up and burn. To burn it. <laughs> exactly. So in my mind, I was like, Elsa, oh, so you better not let this popcorn We're burn. We're staring at it in the microwave. Yeah, I, I legit stood there and watched for the whole two and a half minutes. Two and a half, that's bold. I'd go with 215. <laughs> Perfect every time. 210 sometimes. Luckily, I honestly want to say maybe there was like three burnt pieces and then the rest were, were good. But uh, I was also in charge of um, helping the visuals get ready for the visit and then also line control. So I was at the very beginning when she was leaving. Mm-hmm. So I stopped. She stopped. We looked at each other in the eyes. All I could muster, I shook her hand and I said... <laughs> Said, We're shaking hands, by the way. <laughs> I said, you are fabulous. That is all I could get out. And she she was like, oh, thank you. And then she kept on walking like the magical unicorn that she is. I got chills. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I've done some cool things in my life. God, that is, that is such a good one. Yeah. All I could get out of my mouth was, you are fabulous. Can you imagine? You have... You have... Um, you're holding court, which SJP. Yeah. You can say anything. And that's all I can. What are you going to say? Like, I hated Big Two. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That was like right after the movie came out or right before it? It was during the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had like a little revival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so going back. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Chicago, got, Dunzo. Yeah. Then I came back. I got into insurance for a couple years. Yeah. Um, but then I realized that I'm not made to sit at a desk and... Um, and some, sometimes that's totally cool for people. Yeah. 
I think <clears throat> there's a lot to be said for those jobs. Mm-hmm. Because we need those jobs. Oh, yeah. And they're stable. Yeah. That is... Sometimes it. we're crazy and we have to go and do things that aren't stable. Yeah. Um... So then what happened? Um, then I went back to get my master's, stayed in the retail game for a little while, then realized I could work three times as hard for myself than somebody else. Um, and opening up a boutique had always been kind of my dream. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until after 30 or like as I was turning 30, when I had finished my master's, I was like, okay, well, it's now or never. When am I going to... Am I just going to always say, you know what, that would be cool if I did it? Or am I going to actually try to do it? Yeah. So that's what I did. Did you know it was going to be plus size from the get-go? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What moment was it for you that you were like, I have to? Ever since an entrepreneurship class at Texas State, mm-hmm. <clears throat> our group That was a project. project. Yeah. yeah. Our group project um, was to kind of like, quote unquote, open a business and write a business plan. Yeah. Not to actually bring it to fruition, but to conceptualize it. Right. Um, and at the end I was like, you know what, this could actually work. So my goal the whole time was to go back to San Marcos and actually open it there. Boo. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, what? I love San Marcos. <laughs> Land of the Bobcats. You could do a trailer there. Mm, yeah. yeah. Was that your neck? That was my neck. Sorry. Good sorry. Lord. I hope that made it to the thing. Did y'all hear her neck, guys? I popped my neck. It's been a long week. TJ does that. Really? Yeah. Um, it makes me want to hit him. Why? Are you going to hit me? Um, it feels so much better now, though. Anyways, so if you would have asked me if all my line, if all my ducks lined up in a row, then I would have been in San Marcos. But we would have never met. I know. Isn't that the crazy thing, though? Like, you think all these things, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. None of it works out the way that it does. Yeah. And when I went to go to my business advisor... They told me that my business plan was like amazing. I'm not gonna have any problems getting financing. You're gonna be able to be open with a certain number of months. And of course, they don't ever really guarantee it. It's just something that um, they were feeling positively about because of, I guess, mm-hmm. previous transactions. Anyways, I went to two different finance companies that were supposed to help um, women business owners, Latinas, and you know, just like better chances of getting help than than na- nationwide Do things. Uh, call them out. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I got the side eye from Jessica. I'm just ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. So after I got rejected twice, I kind of had like a good half hour cry in my car, mm. and I called my business advisor. And she was like, that's okay. We're just going to think outside the box and we're going to see how this can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came across the um, open downtown pop-ups. Were you a boutique at this point, like online? No. Oh. Because I was, I legit thought I was going to open up. About space. A space. Yeah. Downtown San Marcos. And that did not happen. How many people live in San Marcos? Uh, the students and then the locals. So that's like 60. Mm, I would probably say. 80,000? Okay. Yeah. How many people go through downtown San Antonio? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, this weekend alone, because it's Final Four, they're yeah. saying 180,000. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, the parking was a mess, so yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, what were some of the... So when did it 
When did it start moving into that, like... Once I did the pop-up. It's so weird. None of it turned out the way that I thought it was, but, like, once I started doing one thing, I got another opportunity from that, and then another opportunity based off that, and it kind of just, like, bounced, and I went with... I just didn't waste any opportunity that I got since April... Since March of 2015. Mm -hmm. So, I legit, I had a pop-up in my uncle's front yard... For oyster bait. How fun. <laughs> so I sold, like I had, I already had clothes. Yeah. And, um. Had you gone to market and stuff? I did research and I went to market when I, during the time that I was writing my business plan. So when we talk about going to market, it means going to like. Dallas. Yeah. Well, this particular, the market in Texas is in Dallas. And yeah. it's like 15 floors of mall. It's like a mall stacked on top of another mall for 15 stories. It's nuts. Yeah, it's intense. And all of them are wholesalers, and you get to... Um, I need to go with you. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. A little adventure. Yeah. An I2 road trip. Yes, road trip. let's do it. Um, so your pop-up? Yeah. Then I started with... I was there for two weeks at St. Paul Square with Open, mm-hmm. and there was another opportunity during the summer. Oh, and then I... Um, got that position and I've been there ever since Wow, that location so don't waste an opportunity would be my message yeah it's kind of I don't know it's easy to not do that I think we all get wrapped up in like oh no that's scary oh no that's moving away oh no I have no money yeah um but sometimes you just kind of do it and rough it and eat beans I mean I don't know and on my end what was your trajectory like? Oh. So I, my parents were very strict growing up. And so when I left Bronzeville, I, I saw San Antonio as this whole new thing. But I was very much so not ready for it. I wasn't ready for all of that freedom. And so freshman year, I actually did really well. I mean, the only class that I needed more help in was like algebra. But like, that's fine. Um, but like I had good grades and it was fine. I hadn't started drinking and then sophomore year hit and it was a mess. It hit hard. It It hit hit back. It hit back. Um, and I was, I took on a little seasonal job at Target. Um, my first love, just kidding. Um, (laughs) but really, but it was like three months and. I just, you know, when you work in, like, retailing your 20s, like, everybody parties on the weekends, and Mm. it wasn't, like, I wasn't studying, I wasn't going to class, and all of a sudden, it, like, I don't know what it was. I mean, I think I might have failed something or come close to failing a class, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. Like, your parents ever find out? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Uh, Because, I mean, I would get grades, and it's not like if they ever asked to see them. I don't remember how, mm-hmm. but my mom found out that I dropped a class and I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Because I didn't, I, I talked to my mom every day and so she knew something was up when it was like three, four days without talking to her. Yeah. And then I was just like kind of avoiding her phone call because I didn't know what to tell her. <gasps> That's and I even felt worse. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Yeah. But then I told her and then she's like, why did you keep it from me? You should just tell me these things. I know. I mean, again, it's. It's tough. I was first generation, like, immig- like immigrant. Yeah. Um, my parents came here and they put me through school. Like they worked and worked and worked, and they still do to this day. And 
me messing up my grades was really, I think is one of those times when I was just like, no, I can't do that. Like I can do a whole, like there are very many things that I could have done in the Valley that would have made me not get to where I am now. But my grades and not, not being respectful of like all of what they were doing was caught up with me. So junior year, I kind of tried to get back on track, but I, of course, that's when I was doing like economics and finance. And it was just like, this is hard. Um, so that was kind of a struggle. And then I started really paying attention in comms class and I really liked it. And I liked the idea of like figuring out why people do what they do and, you know, how we communicate with each other. And so at the same time, I was, um, so I joined the student newspaper at UTSA. Oh, that's cool. The second semester of my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was a little, like, uh, I started writing sports. Like, I wasn't even writing, exactly. I wasn't even writing, like, things that I would have considered, like, my forte pop culture. But, no, I was writing sports. I was writing about track and, like, softball. And it was just because I wanted to do it. And so I grew as a staff writer and then as a like an assistant arts and entertainment editor and then an arts and entertainment editor I mean I was there the rest of my college career so that really helped shape me it showed me how to interview people it showed me how to go after stories and have a stand-up for like what I believed in um and so 2008 rolls around like spring 2008 and I had I could have graduated in May I had all of my credits, but I had no, like, experience. <laughs> and I was like, well, not, that's not just, like, I had my Paisano experience, and that was great. That was a paper. But I didn't have anything that I really could feel like I could present an employer. Uh-huh. And so I took an extra summer to do a summer internship, and I was at the Business Journal. And then I did another semester in the fall to do, um, that's when I got into the Express. Ah. Um, and this is where, like, you know, you look back and sometimes you're like, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or I could have tried this. It's not necessarily a regret, but it's one of those things where, were I to do it differently, I probably would have looked for journalism jobs outside of San Antonio. I think my parents would have been supportive of that if, as long as if it like if it was in Texas. Mm-hmm. Where was in San Antonio? Would you have gone though? Well, no, it wouldn't have been San Antonio. I would have had to leave the city. Oh, okay. Because you. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. Where else in Texas would you have gone? Laredo um, was a big farm kind of paper for the Express, and there's Corpus, um, El Paso Times. I mean, smaller positions or smaller papers. Even New Braunfels would have been different, and I didn't because I had my foot in the door, mm-hmm. and I think that was the only thing that I probably would have done differently. And so I stayed at the Express, and this is why I say like you have to go for it because I stayed at the Express as a like contractor. I was doing twenty twenty five hours. I started. I had to get a job as a server because I wasn't making ends meet, and um. You know, it really put things in perspective. I was writing things as a reporter and, like, interviewing people. And people in the community started knowing me as this food writer. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't getting paid as such. And so, they, I mean, I kind of made my case. And I would do it every few weeks. And um, I finally was brought on staff. Like, I don't know, 2012. 
So that's four years after I yeah. graduated. That was the struggle for sure. But um, to have that conviction to like stand up for what you want to do and actually bring it up is really strong. And- well, I mean, I wanted to put food on the table. I wanted to like buy my own things and not rely on my parents so much. And I wanted to show them that they work their asses off and that their daughter was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's scary because when I first started as an intern, people were getting laid off three months later. Like they slashed that newsroom to nothing. And we would go out to lunch during those layoffs and people would be like, you really should consider PR. <laughs> like plain and simple, like my mentor to this date, um, that was one of the first things that we talked about. She's like, you really could look elsewhere. And Delka, I was like, I was like, no, I really want to tell stories. I really want to do this. And so, I mean, I stuck it out and I built a little name for myself in the food kind of scene. And then I finally, you know, the Express didn't work out for me. I don't necessarily want to go into all of the details, but it just didn't, I wasn't going to grow much there. Yeah. Um... And so I left in 2013, and somehow this position with The Current had been available. Like, my first editor there, Callie, hired this 27-year-old to run a food and nightlife nightlife section. And she was like, do with it what you will. You know what I mean? I was given pretty much carte blanche, and that was terrifying. And then you're 27, running a food section. Like, imposter syndrome is real. Um, you're having to deal with men twice your age most often than not. Like, it was it's was scary. It's always scary. Like when you go into something like that. What would you tell yourself when you were getting intimidated? That I knew what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and that I was gonna work hard for it. Like if that if that's one thing that my parents like my parents were. My mom was a migrant worker. My dad came to the States and had to redo his bachelor and then earned a master's as a new English speaker. Like, if they could work hard and teach me to work hard, I was always going to carry that with me. So I knew that I brought that to the table. Even if I didn't know a cuisine in and out, I was going to look it up and research it and, like, talk to the chefs and owners and stuff. And... Yeah, I mean, I still do that to this day. So it's just kind of, I don't know, it's tough. Like, budgets don't get any better. It's, you you have to deal with a lot of noise, uh, social media, Facebook, uh, influencers. Like, where do people get their, in, like, information these days? Mm-hmm. So journalism for me was, or is difficult, but it's it is the best feeling when you, like, tell someone's story well and they're like, it made me cry. You know, like, the pasta story that I wrote, yeah. she was just super overwhelmed and humbled. And it's just, like, being able to showcase a woman that's doing something great makes me feel good, too. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like the reason why, well, after the pop-up opened in August and then I think I added you on Facebook as my friend because we had met that summer. Because um, I was trying to befriend her forever. <laughs> at Craig Couture. And <laughs> my thought, if I added you on Facebook, I was like, mm, 
we'll see if she wants to be my friend. So I just was like, oh, whatever. I'm going to ask. And then the fact that you came in and you wrote an article about the pop-up. And see, that's not even my beat. Like, uh, Yeah. Like, <laughs> so then that's why I was shocked, one. And then two, the fact that it got put on and then got more attention than I anticipated. I, and the thing is, I think as women, we're supposed to, like, we've been trained and conditioned to not think that what we want to do is going to make an impact. Yeah. And it, we could not be more wrong. Like, you opened that store and there were so many plus-size people that never felt good about themselves and now dress impeccably and we know where to go if we need something. Like, being able to shop somewhere that I didn't feel like, oh, well, nothing's going to fit, <laughs> was amazing. And I knew that... If you could look stylish, I could look stylish, and I could take chances. And yes. I think it's, I, I don't know, I think your shop has done so much. Uh, thank you, Jessica. You're well, welcome. yeah, like your article that you wrote is just, I, I came home, it was the longest day ever from opening, <laughs> and just the way that everything was timed out, it was weird because the article, I think, came out the weekend or the week that I opened, um... So I would keep track of, like, how many people were commenting and how many people were liking it. It was tax-free weekend, I think, because I remember coming home, getting on my laptop, and I tried to respond to as many people as I could on the article that came out. And it was boggling to me that people that I didn't even know were commenting on this. And the fact that I had the longest week ever, it kept me going to be able to, like come back and still have to do work and get ready and get up and do this all over again the whole weekend. Exactly. Um, but it's kind of like what kept me going the whole way through, the fact that people actually cared. So thank you. I think it, people were just happy to see themselves represented. Mm-hmm. Happy to see that they weren't going to feel alienated by a system. You know what I mean? Like when we go to every other store, we know that we're going to find plus size maybe and that we're going to find stuff that looks like your Thea would wear it. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> like Lane Bryant. I mean, even when they added Siriano, like, the stuff was okay, but it wasn't, like, stuff that I would wear to the office or stuff that I'd wear on a date. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it's just weird. So, like, where do we go from here? Like, that's one of the things that I'm, like, still struggling to answer for myself. Where do you want to go? I don't I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> I I was I struggled with that. I mean, that was a, early on. It was like 27. I've run my own section. This mm-hmm. is terrifying. Um I don't know. I think creating content is fun. I try to get into video. It was it's different. Um I think the podcast helps me kind of try a new angle mm-hmm. of storytelling. Um yeah, I don't know. It's kind of... It's, it's scary. Wow. What do you want to so do? Do you want to open another eye candy? Do you want to... Eventually, yes. But I would like to learn how to clone myself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I am like a one-woman show, I would have to figure out how to work around that, I guess. And then there comes the whole struggle of... Um, like figuring out now the first location is downtown so where else do I go 
and how do I choose that and how do I pick the demographics in the neighborhood and how do I know that there's going to be walkability or that the walkthrough traffic is going to be as good do I keep both do I go to one yeah um, it's a lot of up in the air yeah it really is I mean, is it something that, like, do you change venues? Do you make it a trailer? Do you make it, like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. fashion is weird. And it it's, it's it's also a weird industry to get into. Like, It's always changing. You don't know where you're going to get your investment returned and where you're not going, mm-hmm. where you are and where you're not. Um, but that's where years of experience help you. Yeah. You kind of learn consumer patterns and know what to expect when. I thought she's just throwing out consumer patterns. Oh, you know, consumer behavior. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah. Do, I mean, I don't know. What would you tell a young person that wants to get into fashion? What would you tell Fidelity? She's, she might be listening to this. So shout out. I keep bullying her. Like, start your own Instagram right now. She needs to. (laughs) Um, well, obviously do your research. I think it's, I don't think I would be, have been able to take advantage of the opportunities that I have had I not had the information already to back it up. Yeah. So to do as much research as possible. Um, I feel like you need to, because San Antonio is such a close knit community, it's it is uh, imperative to be nice, but also to let people know that nice is not weak. You don't, weakness cannot be equated with being nice. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to. How That's to a tough that. one. Because. And I feel like it applies mostly to women. Mm, yeah, this is true. We have to be like charming and southern <laughs> and submissive. I, but I'm not yeah, about that. Nice. I'm not either any of those. I'm not, so. no. <laughs> Um, but because you're all, you know, being friendly, um... But not being taken advantage of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is it Cristina Martinez says? Um, nobody's pendeja. Is that what she said? <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that one. That's like, no te dejes. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff that our moms would have told us. that they, didn't, they never let themselves get taken advantage of, so we have to kind of keep carrying that torch. Yeah. I would also say rolling with the punches. Oh, God, yes. Nothing goes as planned. Nope. So you kind of just have to know when to roll with them and when to throw them. Yeah. All right. It's time for Muy Muy Moments. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> One day we're going to have a real sound effect. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> Somebody. Not soon. <laughs> so what you got this week? Um, This week... I don't know why this week has been extremely long. Well, the past 10 days, I would say. I feel like 2018. So. <laughs> That's called Q1. 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 Oh. Uh, mine is actually going to go out to all the other people trying to survive the week. We're yes. just trying to make life happen. We're almost there, guys. We're going to get through this together. And I don't know if it's a combo of because there was so much stuff going on last week. Um, and then on Friday, do you remember how oh, last time we recorded, I said, when I have my uh, work uniform, I usually make sure that it's sneakers mm. because I can't walk to save my life. Yeah. Uh, well, I fell at the store last week 
And I'm not talking about this little dainty, just like, <laughs> oh, whoops. No. I ate it, you guys, so hard. She's pretty banged up. Yeah. I have bruises up and down the arm, my knee is a little toe up from the flow up, my ankle. Um, and I hadn't fallen like that. I'm pretty clumsy. I haven't fallen like that in a good while. Yeah. And um, I've been telling my family and friends, it's like those cartoons that slam up into a wall and they just like slide down. <laughs> yeah, that was me. So we can all get through this together, you guys. Yes, we can. <laughs> um, um, we also had some people reply to our... Um, social media post about sharing their muy muy moments so do you want to do that first yeah go for it okay so nina um she just started newlywed nash and she became an official blue apron affiliate so that is amazing um so congrats to her and then we had joey who just got a promotion at utsa snaps so yeah i can't snap that's awesome congrats guys um, for my muy muy moment, I'm giving a shout out to a homegirl, um, who is also from the Valley and we went to UTSA and literally did the same major and didn't meet until after. What? Like literally same year and everything. And you guys never had classes together? Nope. Uh, maybe. We just never met. Okay. Um, but my friend Angelica Garza. Yes! Um, and she's part of the Lupus Foundation of America's Lone Star chapter. So she handles, like, development and fundraising and is the boss lady for the San Antonio area. Mm-hmm. And so she's putting together the Lupus, Walk to End Lupus, which is April 7th. And I have it pulled up. It's at, where is it? Let me see. Hang on. <laughs> Wheatley Heights Sport Complex. Um, so lupus tends to affect primarily women, and you're twice as likely to get it if you're a woman of color. So that's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you need to know more about it, it's lupus.org. And if you want to do the walk, it's actually a really fun event. It's pretty chill, um, and you get to see, you know, the people that have to get through this with their families and how they do it. And it's really fun. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Angelica. Ready to go, Angelica. Hey, everyone. We're still here. Um, we're going to do a quick fashion fix this week just because we got really deep into careers and our thoughts <laughs> on it, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, but since we are going to be... Uh, Well, we just passed Easter. So a cool tip that I found in my ventures of just falling into a deep hole of Pinterest and Instagram and such. Um, (laughs) As one does. Yeah, exactly. Just a normal Monday night. Um, Did you know that you can use Easter eggs, plastic Easter eggs, as beauty blender storage units? Yeah. Life changing i have them rolling around everywhere (laughs) exactly i love this okay so don't try to throw away an easter i mean rinse it out obviously Mm -hmm. but anytime you need a beauty blender storage don't go to target don't go to walgreens and buy some overpriced square unit yeah just go ahead and don't let it run around in your makeup bag either because that's just going to collect more dirt yeah um so get one of those leftover easter eggs not a cascarone a plastic one 
and uh, use that. That'll be a good idea. And since we're starting to be in spring, um, if you're gonna be doing a spring cleanup of your restroom or your beauty products, a good idea is if you have a shoe storage unit, the ones that go over your door mm -hmm. that have the different compartments, yeah. you can put your different beauty products in them <gasps> instead and have them on the back of your bathroom door. Yes, Jessica. This is, standing. This is basically going to save like TJ and I's relationship yeah. <laughs> because you do not know the amount of stuff I put on my face. Clear your counter and throw the moisturizer in one of those little shoe storage compartments. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm getting one this weekend. Um, it has, should be enough room for your blow dryer, for your straightener, for your hairspray. You can throw some dry shampoo. Yeah. I mean, there's probably like 12 compartments in there. So say hello to a clear bathroom counter. Mind blown. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm here for. So we're back with our have to versus get to segment. Um... Do you want to go first? Sure. So this, I've, I feel like I've been a little bit more introspective this week. I don't know if it's the bruising, yeah. <laughs> the bruised ego. Think about your mortality suddenly. <laughs> I saw my life flash before my eyes yeah. as I was running towards the wall. Um, but my agenda was like jam-packed last week. So one of the things, I don't remember even what one of the things was. I was on my way to do something and Jerry was like, are you excited? And I was like, I had to think about it because my schedule <clears throat> was just really intense. And it wasn't like that much different than any of the other weeks. I just don't know why I felt so overwhelmed last week. And I had to stop and think. And I knew that I was excited, but I was more just happy to kind of be able to check it off of my to-do list. Mm. And after the fact, I felt really... I always say that I'm not ever as prepared as I like to be, mm -hmm. but in retrospect, things happen well, or, you know, things are completed the way mm -hmm. that they need to be. So I feel like I have to stop being so critical of myself because in the end, I feel like we're the ones, or at least in my case, I'm my own worst critic. And my mom tells me that a lot. Like yeah. I just nitpick on the stuff that I could have done better. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of have to get better at, I guess. Being nice to yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's my have to, is learning to take it easy. Yeah. Um, and then my second one is, or not my second one, but to my get to is to try to be more in the moment. Ooh, that's a tough one. I know. Um, but that way I get to enjoy the little moments. And when I was on uh, the panel that I was on last week, one of the um, other women entrepreneurs, Andrea, um, was from Shelly Beauty. She was saying that we have to be willing to celebrate every little thing. So that way, not only does it keep us motivated to keep going, um, but it kind of lets us celebrate little milestones instead of just always going for the big one mm. so that's what I'm gonna try to do is enjoy the moment more yeah it's yeah. a good goal it's tough yeah but it can be done I think so yeah um 
So my have to versus get to was, I think it's a little bit work related, but I think also along those same lines as you were saying, like we beat ourselves up for not being able to do everything at the same time. So for me, I want to be a good girlfriend. I want to kick ass at my job. I want to do a really good job at this podcast. I need to grow my little happy hour group. I need to (laughs) be a good friend and like surround myself with good people. Like, that's a lot. When are you going to sleep? Also, I haven't put out any time for, like, um, well, yeah, sleep and self-care and, like, really going back into the gym and eating better. So one of the things that I've, or that I've had to do these last few weeks, just for my own sanity, I think, is I'm, like, meal prepping a little bit, but in the smoothie department. I have to make sure TJ gets fruits on the list for curbside or when we make, you know, shopping lists just because he doesn't really think about the fruit. <laughs> He'll put fruits in that, remember? Um, so just making sure that we have fruits that we can blend the next day and that they're cut up and that we can just toss them in the blender and be ready to go. Um, that's kind of been me, like, self-caring a little bit just so that I get to have a good breakfast and set myself up for like success in the mornings and I'm not starving or reaching for like a breakfast taco every other day or something like that. So trying to like get a hold of my anxieties and like be nice to myself again in any way I can. So I think that's a little bit of self-care for that. It's not the most format, but it's a start though. It's a start. It's better than nothing, which is what I do. Breakfast is hard. It is difficult. But I'm on my smoothie game, and I put a little scoop of protein just to fill it up a little bit. Um, And I do feel a little better. I think it's just kind of, it's nice. You have a little routine. Oh, yeah. What are y'all doing to take in your gratitude and self-care at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Let us know. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So this um, episode, we've been sipping on some flirtinis um, with champagne, pineapple, and pineapple coconut vodka from 500 Vodka. So healthy. (laughs) Speaking of breakfast smoothies, um, but yeah, 500 Vodka is a um, wife and husband duo here in San Antonio. And it's a local vodka, and it's available at um, Total Wine. Total Wine, yes. And they're the drinks were really good, actually. They're really good mixers, yeah. Yeah. So if you're into yeah. vodka, you know where to go. Make it happen. But um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, let us know if you have any questions about our careers, or if you just have any questions in general about where to even get started. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Aitu Podcast. <laughs> Uh, we're on we're not Anchor, even making sentences. <laughs> Anchor and um, Apple Podcasts, and we can rate, subscribe. What else? Share it Share. with everyone. <laughs> Literally, Somebody, everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. Thank you for everybody who's listening. I had Mallory uh, last Joking? week. No, no, no. Oh, I love Mallory. Elder? Yeah, Elder. She told me that she's that not she... last name. No big deal. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
last week at Flavor, she was like, oh yeah, I listen to you guys, and I make my coworkers listen to you. Yay! So thank you, Valerie. Thanks. Um, and as always, own your muy muy moment. Bye. Bye.